Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of the Wise Man's Fear and then discuss it. This is page 793. Fool that I am, I said softly. I did not realize this until now. We ate quietly for several minutes before I asked, Why did you come to sit with me today? When... <laughs> when I saw... No, I... <clears throat> when I saw you today... When I saw you today, I thought I had heard many people speak about you, but I knew nothing of you from personal knowing. I paused. And what do others say? I said with a small wry smile. She reached out to touch the corner of my mouth with her fingertips. That, she said, what is the bent smile? Gentle mocking, I gestured in explanation. But of myself, not you. I can guess what they say. Not all is bad, she said gently. Penthe looked up at me and met my eyes then. They were huge in her small face, slightly darker gray than usual. They were so bright and clear that when she smiled, the sight of it almost broke my heart. I felt tears well up in my eyes, and I quickly looked down, embarrassed. Oh, she said softly, and gestured a hurried, distressed apology. No, I am wrong with my smiling and eye-touching. I meant this. Kind encouragement. You are right with your smiling, I said without looking up, blinking furiously in an attempt to clear the tears away. It is an unexpected kindness on a day when I do not deserve such a thing. You are the first to speak with me from your own desire, and there is a sweetness in your face that hurts my heart. I made gratitude with my left hand, glad that I didn't need to meet her eyes to show her how I felt. Her left hand crossed the table and caught hold of mine. Then she turned my hand face up and pressed comfort softly into my palm. I looked up and gave her what I hoped was a reassuring smile. She mirrored it almost exactly, then covered her mouth again. I maintain anxiousness about my smiling. You should not. You have the perfect mouth for smiling. Penthe looked up at me again, her eyes meeting mine for a heartbeat before darting away. True. I nodded. In my own language, it is a mouth I would write a... I brought myself up short, sweating a bit when I realized I'd almost said song. Poem, she suggested helpfully. Yes, I said quickly. It is a smile worthy of a poem. Make one then, she said. In my language. No, I said quickly. It would be a bear's poem. Too clumsy for you. This just seemed to spur her on, and her eyes grew eager. Do. If it is clumsy, it will make me feel better of my own stumbling. If I do, I threatened, you must too, in my language. That's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Oh, Whoa. man, he really stepped in it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, to me, this is like the flirting is flying hot. Here. Yeah, this is, this is a very flirty conversation. Yeah. Okay, I missed that part. To me, it seemed it seemed more like. Uh, when he says you have a like a face made for smiling, I would write a poem about it. Okay, fine. No, you're right. No, re-understanding that, yes. Yeah, and then fine. he goes, "Okay, well, if I do the embarrassing thing, you have to do it too. Show you mine if you show me yours." Yeah, he's like, and she's flirting back when she's like, "Write a poem about it in my language. You'll make me feel better about like my bad deterrent." Okay, fine. I see your point. Like that is flirty. It's like, I don't think there's anything, I think it's just like friendly flirting, you know? I don't yeah. think that it, I don't think that there's any like serious romantic intent behind it from either of them, but it is like, it could be. You you know, if you wanted to ship Penthe and Quoth, I think you could. Yeah, I see it sort of as them becoming funny friends, but also uh, kind of Quoth screwing up a bit when he's like, song, but not song. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and. Because she asks him to write a poem, and he hates poems. 
Yes. So it's extra funny. Yes, that is also absolutely the case. Now you have to do that thing that you hate and despise. Ha ha ha. Which is just so funny because Quoth is supposed to be like good at writing songs, but if you're not a good poet, you can't be good at writing lyrics. No, well, I think that's why he he doesn't like... That's one of the reasons he doesn't like poems, because you have to be good at lyrics and also at the music, and then mm. poets are, you know... He feels like he's just doing, like, half of the thing. Yeah. yeah. I guess so. Maybe he's just not actually a good lyricist. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe he just, he's... like, writes great hooks, but his lyrics aren't that good. Yeah, sort of a Bob Dylan type. What? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was, like, shade cast by Nick, but I'm not sure. I mean, it was, but it also doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Because, like, Bob is famously, like, if people don't like Bob Dylan, it's because they don't like the way he sings or the tunes. But, like, no one's ever like, Bob Dylan is a bad lyricist. I, I am. I'm that's, that's a, yeah, but that's a crazy opinion to have. <laughs> I mean, you're, you have a crazy opinion that you do not like donuts or pie. Yeah, <laughs> so, but I... But at least, say, lots of opinions are crazy, Jeremy. Um, talking of opinions, uh, <laughs> I think Rothfuss does such a good job of communicating a very complex emotional valence, like... When Quoth, like, cries, like, when he's, like, when he's, like, so emotionally overcome. Because he is, like, he's recognized that Penthe has come to him in part. Like, she's trying to make him feel better. She's, she feels a little bit sorry for him. And he is embarrassed that somebody feels sorry for him. But he's also, like, grateful that somebody cares about him enough to show him kindness. But he's also embarrassed that he's, like, showing this much emotion on his face in public. Like, there's so many different things happening, and it's all communicated so clearly. Like, parts of it are communicated through what the characters are saying, and parts of it are communicated through what they're not saying. Like, I am a little thunderstruck by just how 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 good it is and how clear it is. I think that it's extra great because you're taking both all the little communication things you get from Aturin and all the great little communication things that you get from Adem and when you put them together it's like the most communication. Yeah and like and we learn more stuff about how hand talk can be used right because she takes his hand and makes like presses her hand into it while making a gesture which feels like more intimate a more intimate way of communicating comfort. Yeah and I don't know how you would equivalent have the equivalent of that in with with face talking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's the equivalent of giving somebody a hug, right? Yes, yeah. Or like taking, like holding their hand. But surely they hug. Well, I don't think you. I mean, you know, they are way more comfortable with intimacy. But maybe, like, maybe the hug does not communicate the particular emotional valence that she wants to communicate. Yeah. Yeah, hugs could mean several different things. Hugs could just be like, "I'm happy to see you." Maybe when you hug someone. In Edemra, you like make uh, like a hand talk gesture at the same time in some way to communicate the particular emotional valence of the hug. Yeah, like when you like hug them, you'd like take one of the hands that's on their back and like press it in in like a certain way. Yeah, or you maybe you like touch hands while you're hugging or something. I mean, another kind of interesting thing about the hug is that you can't see someone's face when you do it. Oh yeah. Right, like when you're hugging someone, you're looking. Or it'd be super weird if you did, because it'd be like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the, the communicative potential of the epidemic is is really interesting and, and it's on display here i quite like and it's throughout this scene but on this page there's a few of them i like them both trying to kind of like describe the various mm-hmm. meanings of things like 
what is the bent smile? Like, that's a facial expression she doesn't see. Like, the wry, mm-hmm. self-deprecating smile is not something that yeah. her, like, family can do. I love how, how thorough do. his explanation is, too. Yeah. Like, it's a very, like, yes, that's exactly what it means. And Gentle I never, mocking, like, but not for you. Yeah. yeah. And I never really thought about, like, like, when we first get to that on the page, I'm like, oh, man, how's he going to explain this? And then he does, and it works. And I'm like, wow. Well, but, and he, he has to explain it because he does not have the Adam vocabulary for self-deprecation. <laughs> Right? I bet that there is a hand talk way to say self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I all, I agree with you, Nick, but I also love how they are both depicted as communicating in their second language, or I mean, in close case, like his fourth language or whatever. But when she says, like, I maintain anxiousness about my smiling, right? Like, that's, you know, she's getting her meaning across, but that's not how a native English speaker would probably say, I'm, I'm still, anxious. Yeah, I'm still well, she, anxious she's using that. more, and throughout the whole conversation, she uses mm-hmm. more formal language and more mm-hmm. formal sentence structure because that's how you learn a language. Yeah. Right? You learn, like, the rules before you learn to break the rules. Exactly. And her grammar is, like, slightly, it's not exactly, like, incorrect, but it's sometimes, like, a little bit, like, odd. Mm-hmm. And right? Quoth is also speaking a little bit more simply for her benefit. Yes. Well, and I... I mean, is it for her benefit, or is it because he does it still doesn't has the vocab right when he says well, he's, like, it would speaking be like... in a turret. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, he is speaking in a turret. So you're right that he is he is simplifying his languages for her, her for her. But then that results in like funny turns of phrase, like it would be like a bear's poem. Uh, and I do love the image of just like a, a bear a writing black a poem bear with a quill. I'm pretty sure there's like a children's illustration for that already That's, out there. Somewhere. Surely, 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 Winnie the Pooh has had to write something. I think Winnie the Pooh's illiterate. Oh. Is that why the honey just has like yeah. triple X's on it? Well, it's a H-U-N-N-Y. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. He's Although not he illiterate. Is. He just has bad spelling. Which, yeah. to be fair, he is a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I say, he can spell better than most other bears. <laughs> he writes honey the way I say it to my partner. <laughs> the, uh, hun? Honey. Honey. The, uh... <laughs> that was cute. Um, the bear metaphor leads into a very nice uh, poem. Which uses the bear metaphor on the next page. I read ahead a little bit. Shame um, on you. I know. I want to talk a little bit about Penthe and what it says about her character that she decided to come to him now. Because obviously she's been aware of him throughout this entire time. But she sort of waited until he's, you know, clearly lost the only ally he had. And no one else wants to go talk to him. Mm. If so, someone less courageous would, even if they were interested in meeting him, would probably have been like, okay, well, he's like... Pissed off Ashet, so I don't want to... Oh, I see it the other way. Put myself out there. Why? How do you see it? I see it as, like, she's uh, waiting till, like, uh, I I think, like, I think that she might think that he would be more willing to help her out if he also needed her. And, like, maybe she sees that him having, like, been treated in a negative way by Vashet that he may need someone and therefore she needs him, he needs her. Good, good kind of, you know, situation so, there. But so I think she, she waited for her moment. Just to, I want to make sure that I'm understanding both of your positions correctly. Jordana, your position is that she recognizes that he's vulnerable right now and thus might be more willing to talk to her because he's vulnerable. And Nick is saying that it is, she is like kind of doing something a little brave and a little socially risky for her because everyone knows that he's pissed off his teacher Vashet who's very important in the community and she still goes to talk to him yeah that's how I choose to read it no Jordana's read I'm not criticizing you here but that that certainly makes her seem like 
terribly mercenary, mm-hmm. terribly cynical uh, and calculating. Yeah, which is not how I read the character. I don't see it as a cynical and calculating thing. I see it as someone who is who is shy, like waiting for their moment to be mm. like, okay, this is this is the best time for me to approach this because this is the best time that they will not reject me. See. That's fascinating because I, as a shy person, if I saw someone having a bad day, I probably wouldn't go to talk to them on the assumption that I would make their bad day worse. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they would, like, yell at me. Hmm. Um, but I, like, I do kind of think of, I do, because of the way she's characterized in this scene, I am kind of thinking that, like, she is a little bit shy around him. I think that Quoth assumes that everybody in this town hates him. But Penthe says, like, it's not all bad. Not everyone hates you. I think what she means by that is, like, some of us find you interesting, like, fascinating. You're, like, uh, many of us have maybe never met a barbarian before. Certainly not one with, like, red hair who came here to learn our ways. I think Penthe is a little bit, like, starstruck by him. Uh, And then I think that she... I think I'm more in line with Nick's read that, like, Penthe... If she's confident about anything, I think she's confident about her standing in her community because, like, I think everyone kind of thinks of her as, like, the star quarterback on the Adam football team. Uh, and so I think she is not risking as much as other people might be by going over to talk to him. And whether she means to or not, and I think she might mean to, this is also going to maybe improve Quoth's social standing in the community because she's going and asking him for help. But it's also nice to think of her through Jordana's read as like a shy person and have that stand in contrast to her ability Mm -hmm. as a fighter. Oh, yeah. And I agree with that reading of her. I just don't think that she, I don't think that she is going to talk to Quoth because she sees it as an opportune moment because he's like weak at that time. I mean, I think all these things can be true. Mm -hmm. If I may jam the picket of the fence deep into my asshole. Mm. Uh, (laughs) You may. You may allow it. Thank you. Do not defile my fence. (laughs) Terribly pointy and splintery. It's super Uh, hot. It is a flat fence. It's a flat top fence. They're normal. They happen in gardens. Why do you not? That just makes it harder to jam the No, a flat top is a That's a wall. A flat top fence is a wall, Jordana. I'm going to find you a picture of a fence that is the kind of fence I mean, and I will show it to you. But what I mean to say, as I perch here, uh, is that she can be a shy person who is also kind of the star pupil, who is and has been nervous about approaching him, but has like worked up the courage now, understanding that it is an important time for him, even if it is like maybe like she can now use her standing because she is well thought of. She, she knows she's well thought of, even if she's shy. I don't know. I think all of these reads can be. Combined into one solid read. Yeah, that the text does not uh, disprove. Yeah. Lovely. I'm so glad that we should we could uh, come to this consensus. And um, uh, Nick, uh, best of luck with the splinters in your butt. Yeah, it's uh, really uncomfortable. I should not have done this. Uh, it is. We've recorded for like 15 minutes now. Do you still want to do a letter or do you want to save it for tomorrow? We do have a short letter here, and I'm glad that this one finally came up because I remember reading it and being like, oh, I should read this on the podcast, and then uh, it fell into the cracks of the couch. Uh, This is from Tim, who writes, Not a shiv. Wise fearers of the page's wind. I'm about a month behind, so doubtless others have chimed in, but since you asked, when Quoth faces down an angry and insubordinate Dayton holding a piece of brittle steel in his hand, he's not thinking of stabbing him with it. Imagine Dayton charging at Quoth, sword raised, only for his sword to snap in half mid-swing. Quoth is prepared to make a binding between the steel and his sword and snap the steel in half. Uh, 
Keep on pagering, signed Tim. Yep, I'm I'm in. I believe it, 100. percent Yeah, that's, that's it. sick. Yeah, yep. totally. That's way better than Quoth trying to like shiv a guy in a sword yeah. fight. Yeah. And you know what? I think even though Quoth is a little street rat, I think he's smart enough to know that him like trying to beat Dayton in a fight would go really badly for him. <laughs> yeah, that's his version of a shiv in a street fight: is snapping a sword with a piece of steel, a brittle piece of steel. I think his version of a ship in a street fight is lighting someone on fire. Uh, fair enough. With uh, with sympathy. Yes, and listener will light you on fire on tomorrow's page. Of... Have some sympathy for me with my this bigot jams on my head. <laughs> the wind! 